Did you know that each episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast is recorded on video? You can access the video by clicking the episode notes on your podcast player. Scroll to the bottom of the notes and click on the video link. Or just visit the iCore YouTube channel. You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Brian DiSabatino. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Bernie. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm so glad that you pronounced my name right. Do you know how many shows I do where they screw up the DeSabatino part? This is great. I'm just so glad I rehearsed it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you are an innovative leader in the construction industry, which you've been in since 1987. You're the CEO of EDIS, a family-run 100-plus-year-old construction company. And you recognize the hyper-competitive nature of the industry, where construction companies are often seen as interchangeable commodities. You are frustrated by the industry's lack of focus on customer experience, so you set out to differentiate EDIS by creating a unique value proposition. In your quest to create an exceptional customer experience, you and your team studied great brands outside of the construction industry and realized that EDIS was out of alignment with its values. To remedy this, you and your team developed a four-pillar approach to customer experience based on alignment, authenticity, accountability, and action. Through this innovative approach, you're revolutionizing the construction industry and creating a new standard for customer experience in it. On this episode, Brian, I'm excited to unpack your four-pillar approach to customer experience in the construction industry. But first, Brian, let's begin with your backstory. Tell us your backstory. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. Again, it's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, I could cover some ground to tell you that uh, I grew up on a small farm in Pennsylvania and 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 list out my biography. But I, I think what is is kind of more important is to tell you where in my history this customer service thing launched. For me, I would say that that I got a lot of reflection in a weird place at, at my grandfather's funeral. My grandfather was, was laid to rest in a, in a uh, graveyard here in Wilmington, Delaware. And um, a, a young man, well, he wasn't a young, a small man by the name of Q-Ball, because his, his head looked like a Q-Ball, came up to me and he said, hey, sonny boy. And I said, yay, Q-Ball. Q-Ball was about 90. <laughs> he said, this is where I met your grandfather. I said, this is where you met my grandfather in a graveyard? He said, yeah, when your great-grandfather was buried, we, we built a, a mausoleum. I was walking down the street as a small immigrant boy at the time, and your grandfather called me off the street. He said, hey, boy, what are you doing? Come off the street. You're coming to work for us. And the rest was history. And your grandfather and I built schools and cathedrals, and we spent our lifetime together changing the, the community physically and changing the Italo-American community for the better. And so when, when Q-Ball struck me with that story and I ultimately became CEO, it really made me reflect that, wow, 
we, we aren't just really building buildings. We're building a community here of people and we're making our community better in our way. So if, if we're going to be great as a construct, construction company, we better figure out a way to build what matters. And so that's, that's the journey that I began. Wow. That's, that's a great story, Brian. Thank right. you for sharing that. And, you know, as I said in the introduction, you're in an industry that really has become considered to be commoditized and you were frustrated by the, the lack of focus on customer experience. So you actually went out and studied customer experience. So why don't you tell us what influenced you to actually study how great brands outside the construction industry do CX? Well, you know, when I when I reflected on that cue ball intervention and and thought to myself, my gosh, you know, there are some customers that we have 115 years later that my grandfather and grand great grandfather had. What was it that created that level of loyalty that it spans not just a generation but a century? And so we started to examine what had fallen out of the industry. Why had it shifted towards more commoditization? And we began to look at these great brands that, that deliver in, immediate answers on the internet or inexpensive pricing because of bulk buying or consistent service because you're able to pull off uh, into a roadside store no matter where you are in the country. These were, and, and, and take a vacation that was fantasy-like, right, that nothing ever went wrong. So we started looking at those crazy brands that you probably know. And examining, you know, if if those companies were to do our construction company, how would they go about it? But I'll tell you, Bernie, we we didn't we didn't arrive there without some help and without some inspiration. Put your contact center in the cloud with iCore. We help brands reimagine their customer journey by deploying digital technology that provides personalization and automation where it matters most building a scalable customer experience that streamlines every customer touchpoint into a single platform. Smile with iCore. Learn more at iCore.com. So you, you, you mentioned you had some help and some inspiration. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that before you actually looked at some of those brands, some of those folks actually gave you some, some good guidance. Yeah, and some of them were actually some of your guests. That's so, right. So, so I'll never forget it. I was I was pulled over filling up my car with gas one day, and I was I was hunting down an author that I I came to really respect by the name of Kevin Freiber. Uh, he and his and his wife Jackie had studied um, a very famous airline that had revolutionized uh, the airline industry, and they they uh, they grabbed that testimonial in their book Nuts, and they they looked at how. It wasn't the way that the fuel was put in. It wasn't the way they 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 created their routing. And actually, some of the 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 places where you you grab the airline was a little bit more inconvenient than than some of the larger airlines. But what this airline did was change the paradigm of customer service and created massive loyalty. And and Kevin said, "Look, Brian, your your company, your industry is more like hospitality than you think." It's so. But what I suggest is that you talk to a guy by the name of Chip Bell. That's one of your guests. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Bell came in and he looked at us and looked at some of the best brands in the uh, in the country and said, look, look, st Brian, stop chasing your immediate local competition because they don't they don't really do it that well. 
Take a look at the customer experience that your customers are now going through, again, on the internet, uh, when they go on vacation, when they're going into supermarkets, et cetera. And so we started to emulate some of the best and the brightest. Okay. Well, let's get to it, Brian. You, you and your team came up with a four-pillar approach to customer experience, and they all begin with the letter A, <laughs> alignment, authenticity, accountability, and action. So why don't you go ahead and unpack those for us? Yeah, let's let's talk about a second uh, about alignment. You know, a lot of companies don't have bad intention. They they actually are delivering a decent service, but it's not necessarily perfectly aligned with what the customer wants. I'll pick on the restaurant industry for a second. Like for instance, if you were going into a restaurant and they served you a good meal, they would probably say they were aligned with you because you came in for food, you got it, you left with a smile. But what if on your when you made your reservation, they picked up the phone and called you and asked you, why are you coming in besides being fed? Is it a birthday? Are you meeting with a colleague? Do you want to sit by yourself? And, and when they began to dial into your specific needs, what if it was a first date? Should they be a little show-offish for you? Should they get you a corner table? If they really dialed into your need and aligned their service with what you needed, the experience that you would have would be far greater than just being fed. And so in our industry, we've got to do a lot better job dialing into the needs of our customers if we're going to produce an extraordinary result that, that creates a loyalty that spans, in my great-grandfather's case, over 100 years. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, using the restaurant example, not too long ago, I took my wife out for her birthday dinner, made the reservation online, Brian. It was easy to make the reservation. I noted in the notes field that it was my my wife's birthday. If you could bring a little, whatever dessert we, yeah. uh, we order, if you could bring a little candle with it, didn't happen, didn't uh, happen. Bernie, I had the I had the opposite problem. I I made one of those reservations and I forgot to take it out of my record, and so I traveled to Jackson Hole a couple of months ago by myself. And I walked in the front door. The maitre d says, "Happy birthday, Mister DeSabatino." <laughs> I sat down at my table. They brought me a little cake. I said, "What? What? What is going on?" And then I they didn't tell me. And then I when I went home, I realized I had forgotten to change my record. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, a little more diligence on our, our digital record keeping. We're getting there. Yep. So the next pillar is authenticity. What's that about? Yeah. So if you're if you if you go to the trouble to align yourself or understand the needs of your customers, well, my God, you better deliver on it, right? You 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 ought to be authentic to the alignment that you created. So poor uh, the the poor restaurant industry. We're gonna keep we're gonna stay with that example for a second. You know, you're you're going to respond to an advertisement that is aligned with your needs, right? And so you're going to pull off, and I, I divide authenticity into three buckets, the front door, the front of the house, and the back of the house. Like, when you open up that front door, you ought to be seeing what they told you you were aligned with. Is it a family atmosphere? Is it a nightclub? Is it whatever the Whatever the alignment was, right? And then you sit down and you're in the front of the house, well, they ought to be delivering an experience that lives up to the expectation and alignment that they said. You know, I just went on a, an, a, on a wonderful vacation 
um, to, to the islands. And the, the, the brand, the people in the brand in the front of the house were so aligned with the brand promise that I felt bad leaving. Like they charged me way too much money. I should have been crying as I was handing my credit card over, but I was actually going to miss the people because we had built a relationship on my vacation. It was fantastic. And I really only believe that you can get a good front door experience and a good front of the house experience if what's happening in the back of the house is also aligned, is also delivering on that authenticity because you can fake the front door. You can kind of fake the front of the house. But if behind the scenes, the chef is yelling at the waitress, right? And it's chaos back in the kitchen. It's not going to take too long before that attitude telegraphs itself mm -hmm. out onto the restaurant floor, the construction site, the theme park, you name it, right? You can't be good on the outside, the front of the house, unless you're really, really good on the inside, the back of the house. You have to be authentic to the brand promise that you're you're suggesting. Mm -hmm. Something tells me that one of the ways to develop and deliver on that authenticity is through accountability. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the the concept of accountability because I I was victim of this as well. Like when we when we yell accountability in our industry. You know, we think of this big, burly superintendent yelling and screaming because the project's not moving fast enough. That, that's the only definition I think we're taught as, uh, as, as young construction workers, right? But in this new age of, of getting that alignment and authenticity right, accountability is much more than barking and screaming, right? It's really articulating the expectations that ultimately you're going to expect setting up the measures to tell you whether you're 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 aligned and you're authentic right and then having a mechanism having a feedback loop in place that if you aren't measuring up there are positive celebratory consequences as part of the accountability and sometimes there's corrective action but you have to you have to be willing to not only be accountable but set up the systems, the technologies, the feedback loops to make sure that that, that accountability is happening. Love it. Like you, I'm a big fan of accountability. And of course, logically, the, the fourth pillar is action, taking action on these values. Yeah, you know, uh, this, this sounds super cliche, but you actually got to walk the walk, right? And so a lot of us go to seminars, a lot of us read books, a lot of us you, you know, uh, jump up and down with the way things ought to be. But the last piece is kind of risky. You actually have to do those things. You have to spend the money. You have to hire the people to get that kind of a system to deliver uh, exceptional customer service. You have to be willing to take the action. And so for us, as an example, we have we have a lot of technologies in place to gather uh, the data to to gain alignment, um, and you you've got to be willing to act upon what you hear, positive or constructive. You've got to be willing to take action, and that takes a lot of leadership and a lot of risk. Mm -hmm. Well, Brian, I, I know a little bit about the fact that since you and your team have put these four pillars into place, that 
some of your processes have changed because we don't really think of the construction industry as one really deep in customer experience values. So yeah. why don't you share how some of your processes have changed since you've implemented this four pillar approach to customer experience? Yeah, thanks, Bernie. And, and this probably relates to whether it's manufacturing, engineering, or, or, or any other process oriented um, company. In the olden days, you know, before we we did this realignment, um, when we would start a construction project, we would just kind of start it. We would get our plans and our specifications, and sure, we met the owner along the way. We would start the project. Now, we have a branded we have a branded process that we call Compass, where we actually go in and do a deep dive on the intelligence to find out did the customer ever have a project before go wrong. Does the customer have any budget concerns other than the stated budget? What do they define success as looking at? Who are all of the players that this project will touch besides who might be the immediate customer? Who is our customer's customer? And how would this building affect them? And so that is just one of many processes that we have that, that get us into alignment allow us to deliver, not just by putting it on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker, but delivering our service authentically to hold ourselves accountable to the findings that we have and to take action when maybe it goes a little astray. You know, when you said that one of the things you want to know is who's the customer's customer, I know that one of the types of buildings that EDIS constructs is schools, right? And who attends schools? Well, school teachers and of course, the kids. So I would think that those insights are invaluable to you and your team on any construction project. They're they're super important. You know, I I was giving a talk today on scheduling of school projects. And, you know, I don't know where you live, but where we live, schools open in August. And, and, And if anything goes wrong, they're still opening in August. It doesn't matter what, what you're doing, they're going to open in August. So you know when our customers want our buildings open? In August. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've had several projects that are, are started late. The permitting gets stuck. The weather is a problem. But at the end of the day, our customers kind of don't care. They have customers too. And those customers want to drop their kids off in September or in, in August because they've enjoyed their summer with their kids, but it's time for them to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all of our processes are designed to not just deliver a building, but deliver an experience for our customer and an experience for our customer's customer. Yeah. Brian, how has this approach, this four pillar approach to customer experience with, again, alignment, authenticity, accountability and action, how has this approach impacted your team's approach to going to work every day? Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great question, Bernie, because. I'm I'm really grateful that we went through this for our customers' sake, but frankly, I think our employees have had as much of benefit uh, as anyone. You have to be incredibly collaborative in order for this stuff to work. And there was a day and age where you could be a sole proprietor in construction and get away with it. Today, we have to complement each other's strengths and bring something to the table for each other. So every one of our processes is team oriented, not just because we like to be cliche about it, just because no, it's really, really important. And secondly, 
you know, in terms of, of alignment and authenticity, when we are recruiting new people to come to work here at EDIS, they want to know that you are aligned with their values. They want to know that you're aligned with their ability to deliver, deliver an amazing project and that, and that you are authentic to the things that you're telling the customer because they want to be authentic to the customer too. Now, you've been in business, as I mentioned in the introduction, for more than 100 years. What has this approach done to your competitive edge in the marketplace? I'll tell you, you know, there's, there's one process that we have here that has given us an incredible competitive edge. We sat our customers down uh, probably about two dozen of them about uh, 15 or so years ago. And we asked them what they liked, not just about us, but about the industry. For them, what was happening was they were having to dedicate large sums of money to what we call contingency, just in case things went wrong money, right? And so for us, we, we invested an inordinate, inordinate amount of time and resources in a, a division of our company called Advan AMP, uh, Advanced Modeling with Precision. And with AMP, uh, we are able to technologically diagnose the design of a building before we ever procure it, before we ever build it. And we've been able to wring out millions upon millions of, of lost dollars for our customers because we asked that initial question 15 or 20 years ago. That caused us to invest in the technology and the best people in the industry to create the best result. It's really uh, catapulted our, our competitive edge. Wow, that, that's impressive. Thank yeah. you for sharing that, Brian. Yeah. Brian, next to last question. Um, tell us, what do you see in your crystal ball for the construction industry, say over the next 10 years, which seems like a lifetime these days, but... What do you see in your crystal ball for the construction industry? Yeah, I, I think more, more of what I've, I've told you about, right? So more and more young people are coming out of, of formal education, right? And so the, the business systems are, are, are growing um, exponentially. Uh, the expectation of the customer is growing right along with it. Technology has caused more change in the psyche of our customer than hammers and nails, right? So we've got it. We've got to capture that curve. the 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 division we call AMP uses something called building information modeling. So the level of sophistication for the industry is going up exponentially. So while that's fun and we're riding all of that, what we're beginning to see is the need for younger people to become more. Uh, acquainted with the technological advances of our industry than ever before. So I think you're, you're going to begin to see a massive separation between those that have invested in customer service and technology and process and those that are stuck in the, uh, in the ways of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Hmm. Okay. Well, Brian, before we get to the final fun question, uh, where would you like to set... <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that, actually. <laughs> uh, where would you like to send our listener and our viewer online that are watching or listening to just learn more about uh, EDIS? Well, you can you can learn a lot about us uh, from our website at edisscompany.com. That's edisscompany.com. You can find us uh, on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. I'm sure the social team has a couple of other links out there, but I think 
in general, if you uh, if you Googled EDIS company or just went right to the URL, ediscompany.com, you'll find us just fine. Sure. Well, the listener knows that that's in the show notes. Uh, scroll down for that. And of course, if you're watching on video, you're seeing that scroll across your screen right now. Well, Brian, um, I think I know the answer to this, but that's only because uh, I cheated. <laughs> and that is uh, my question, my favorite question. When you're not working, what do you do for fun? Well, if you hadn't noticed, my last name is D. Sabatino. So fun number one is is cooking and eating. Like, like if 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 you didn't learn how to build in our family, you then also learned how to uh, to cook and eat, and we we do a lot of that. My uh, my favorite relaxing pastime, aside from spending time with my three great kids, is fly fishing. I, I find you know fishing uh, on the Upper Delaware River, uh, besides New York and uh, and Pennsylvania, to be incredibly relaxing, and uh, and I love that particular activity. Rather meditative. Fantastic. Um, great, uh, great pastimes and both very enjoyable. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Thanks, Bernie. And Brian, just thank you for joining me on this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast. I really admire what you're doing at EDIS and the fact that you even got with someone like Dr. Chip Bell to really consult on, you know, how you can improve the customer experience how you can do something that really isn't even um, something that all, that's all that recognized within the construction industry, your four-pillar approach to customer experience, again, alignment, authenticity, accountability, action, very admirable, not surprised that it's yielding great results for you and your team at EDIS. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bernie. And you know, on behalf of the entire staff of, of 80 here at EDIS, I'm, I'm really proud to represent these men, fine men and women, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on your show, which by the way, I enjoy a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCor. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.